This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Six rings and football things are weekly Cadillac's crucial clashes. Although before we start with Mike Cadillac from WEEI.com, I need to say... We may need to rename this at some point, and <laughs> it's not the alliteration. I know we talked right. about it too much. Um, I think it's the clashes part. It's like we're hyping up something that's not I really know. hype-worthy. Um, as we go back-to-back week, Patriots, Saints, it's like ah, mediocre teams, and you get blown out by a mediocre team. And then I look at this week's matchup with the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas, and it's like, yeah, they kind of stink too. And these teams are very Spider-Man, mirror image kind of teams with a lot of similar problems or similar lack of buzz. Um, although they do have elite talent, kind of like the saints where you said, Oh, they have really good weapons. How come their offense isn't better? Uh, you have a hall of fame receiver, but before we get into all of that, the matchups, the clashes, the pillow fights, whatever you want to call this. Um, I want to start with your opinions on a couple of the big picture questions of the week, as we usually do here on six rings and football things brought to you by FanDuel. um, be more, whatever their slogan is. We yeah, we love you at FanDuel. Just go use Make it. every moment more. Make every moment more. And by the way, uh, yes. found a new bet via FanDuel that might become my uh, favorite bet. That's betting the velocity of the first pitch in a playoff baseball game. Taking the over. I heard you talking. That was your pick on Keith the other night, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. It's unbelievable. Because awesome. you're done. You don't have to like, mm-hmm. you, you ride this instantaneous high or maybe low, but you know, I it was minus money, but it seemed like a sure bet. You're going to start a game with a fastball. You're going to try to get it over. You're like, and boom, 95 miles an hour was well over Dang. the 93.2 I needed or whatever it was. And we're well on our way. So if you want to bet uh, velocities of major league pitches, go to our friends over at FanDuel and they got you covered. So covering our bases, there's two major topics, I think, in Patriot Nation this week. Um One is a normal NFL topic, and that is a young quarterback who's not playing well, who isn't getting replaced because the Patriots have decided to somehow start over without making any changes this week. Interesting. (laughs) No, no, Andy, Andy, they flipped their off day. Oh, oh, that's right. Massive. Off Monday, and then they they practiced Tuesday, starting over, the whole thing. Started Um, over. Yeah, it was crazy. I guess that's fair. The vibes are... Yeah, that's going to do it. That'll be all the difference in the world on Sunday in Las Vegas. But so Mac Jones is starting. Mac Jones is going to fixate on communication because somebody in the locker room said he's a good communicator and he's going to lean into that. He said he hasn't been a good communicator for two years. He's going to go back to doing that. In hindsight, he probably should have done that a week earlier before his uh, a source close to him said that he basically has garbage around him on the yeah. offense. Um, what did you make of Mac Jones's Wednesday press conference in which communication was the key? Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, going back to the, uh, the fact that we got to rename clashes, I mean, in the, in the endless, um, in the endless cycle that is trying to create content as a beat reporter and covering the Patriots, it's funny, I, as I did my other Six Rings episode this week, um, which you probably listened to the other day, which was, uh, the numbers podcast, it's like, 
how do you, you know, pick numbers that tell a story when you just get blown out 34 nothing? And then it's like the next week, all you got to do is win and you just got to find a way. So, you know, you're digging for these these clashes and matchups. And really, you know, there's obviously things we'll talk about and we'll get to, but it's like you just got to win a damn game. And that's what it comes down to this week. Um, Actually, as far as can I spin that real quick just to a call sure. on my post on WEI.com. I think the first step is that actually not winning, weird here, the first step is not losing. Don't give the ball yeah. to the other team. Don't put points on the other team's side of the scoreboard. The old Belichickian, before you can win, before you get to Cadillac's yeah. nugget of the week, just win a game, you actually have to not lose the game in the first quarter by throwing a pick six or a fumble for a scoop and score or something like that. But And you're right, and that's – that was Mac's thing last week was no turnovers, no turnovers, no turnovers. Oops. The first thing he did was turn the ball over. So now you're asking me about his uh, his press conference yesterday, communication, communication. He better be communicating because he yep. just preached it for, you know, the 15 minutes, not even though we talked to him yesterday. Uh, no, I did. I thought it was interesting. I thought, um, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Andy, was just that after that, um, the thing leaked from his supposed camp or a source close to him about the garbage, whether or not it was true and whether – not that Henry was making up a report, but whether or not the friend said it or whether it came from Mac. I'm sure that that was a topic of discussion of some sort in the locker room where, look, talk to us. Don't talk to them. This right. is our team. We're communicating. We need to talk through what's going on. Call us garbage to our face. Don't call us garbage to your friends who they can go yep. give it to Fox Sports. And so um, I'm sure that was definitely a um, – like you said, a topic of discussion this week for Mac, I'm sure that, and he mentioned communicating off the field, but he talked about it on the field too. You know, he, he mentioned pop, which I thought was funny. I thought that was sort of a dig saying we need to get this guy on the damn field. Once he comes back from his concussion I say, though, like I liked it. If he was available, I'm not sure he's available Sunday in Vegas. Cause he's in concussion right. protocol because you know, I've said for a couple of weeks now, I'm ready for the pop experiment, like get whatever you can out of him. Cause I think he's the only guy with upside, right? But it was almost sad in a way. Cause I think he's, probably going to miss Sunday's game due to the concussion and that he was the first receiver on Mac's mind is almost, Oh, well, he's not going to be out there. So who else you want to communicate? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no communication, obviously uh, clearly the, the topic of discussion for Mac and uh, his teammates this week. And I, look, I don't know if that's going to solve everything. Mac has not been the main problem on offense. I've been a, I've been a proponent of that. I think you have too, but the last two weeks he has been a problem in their losses. And so, he needs to fix what you know what goes on. Um, it sounds from the reporting we've heard that they sort of went through when they switched the schedule. That Monday was a all coaches hands on deck meeting, and they did talk about potentially benching Mac Jones. Ultimately, they decided not to. Um, I think that's more so because of the lack of talent behind him. Whether it's Bailey Zappi, who they just cut six weeks ago, or Will Greer, who has been here for I think less than twenty one days. So. Um, I think you just go with them as long as you can and then you see what happens, but it's uh no, it, things aren't good and they need to, they need to get one here this week for sure. Yeah. Mac's not the biggest problem. He's not part of the right. solution. Somebody needs to start being part of the solution, whether it's Mac, whether it's exactly my guy, Billy O'Brien putting Mac in more opportunistic uh, positions early in games. I've said that a little bit this week over on the six rings feed that, I think Billy O'Brien needs to find a way, much like Mac does. But Billy O'Brien, right. like you were brought in, okay, you're not going to be a savior. Things aren't good. Your offense stinks. Like that whole, it is what it is. That's water under the bridge. But for this week, in this first quarter of this game against this mediocre opponent, if 
find a way to get Mac in the offense rolling. And I keep comparing it to when you bring in like the third string quarterback and everybody says, well, you need to give him easy reads and cut the field in half and do some boots and like just running out to the tight end and, right. and, you know, start one at a time, try to get him to complete a throw. And maybe you can start some positive momentum as opposed to the really negative. It's like what they did when Zappy came in last year. Exactly. They made it super easy for Bailey Zappi when he came in to get him comfortable. And, yep. and I think that needs to be done. So Mac is the first topic of the week. He's still your New England Patriots quarterback for now. Um, the second is Bill Belichick, who is <clears throat> still your head coach. I don't know if I need to say for now, but he's still your head coach, even though there is plenty of speculation about how is this going to end? Could he get fired? Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't believe he will be fired midseason. I just... Even in this hellacious stretch of games, first of all, I think it's probably going to get better. I don't know that it can continue as bad as it's been the last two weeks. I but think we said that a week ago, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, but sooner or later, we're going to be right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Law of averages, like you said. Yeah. yeah. But it, w- where do you think things stand with Bill Belichick, your 71-year-old legendary head coach who is going through losses like he's literally never seen in his career, um, for a team that is in year four of the transition post Brady plan, what do you think the status of Bill Belichick is? Is he here for the season? Could he? I'll throw it out there. I've talked about it. The only way I think it ends is if he resigns this year. Mm-hmm. I, I In season, I think resignation is the only breakup here. But where do you sit with all the questions swirling around the GOAT coach? Yeah, um, I, I, I would – I think before the season, if you asked me if I thought Bill Belichick being fired midseason would happen, I would say absolutely no way. They would not do it. They're not going to toy with this legacy. But. Um, but with what Jeff Howe wrote in The Athletic yesterday, Jeff does a good job. He doesn't just spew things and say things. There's something cooking behind the scenes here. I don't know what it is. Obviously, I'm not as... Uh, I, like I don't have you know the source inside the craft side of things right now, but um, if they lose again this week, like they did the last two weeks, I think something could happen. I really do. I don't think like I don't think that that just gets floated into the ether for no reason. I think whatever Jeff wrote yesterday in the Athletic, and you if you haven't uh, anyone who was listening, if you haven't heard it, it's basically that the title of the piece was. If you don't think Robert Kraft would fire Bill Belichick, you are wrong. And he goes into detail about, you know, the the failures that Bill has gone through the last four weeks or the last four years and how, you know, Kraft is upset about what's gone on. And so um, I think we talked about this last week on this show about how any of the other 31 coaches in the NFL, Andy, um, would be fired by now. They would be let go. The team would have moved on. Bill Belichick rightfully so has a leash because he is there has been the greatest coach of all time he has won six Super Bowls. he at one point was on his way to breaking Don Shula's wins record so you know you give him leeway you let him work through things because he's done it before and he's won before and he knows how to win or did know how to win uh, but right now I think that leash is sort of up like the way that they've done things here the last three years is not sustainable there's no there's nothing really to build around you ruined your quarterback and I think Kraft's pissed. And I think at some point, if you go to Oakland or Vegas now in front of Mark Davis after just getting embarrassed in front of Jerry Jones, like at some point you have to compete with the rest of your owners and say, you know what? No, I'm not going to do this anymore. 
I need to, you know, we need to be better. See you later. And I don't know if it's going to be as ugly as a see you later. You're right. They may frame it as a resignation. They may say, we want to save face. Let's work together. But if they get blown out by 35 points again, how do you walk him back in that locker room and say, no, we're going to, we're going to be fine. Like you're not going to be fine. It's going to be a train wreck. So that's sort of my, you know, roundabout take on it. I would, it would be crazy. Like, the scene at Gillette Stadium, should they fire Bill Belichick, would be the craziest thing ever, and I'd be uh, honored and privileged to cover it for WEI.com, but it would be nuts. Um, but at this point, I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility. I really don't. Yeah, I, I'm always – I always leave doors open in both directions, like positive. You know, people will say there'll never be another dynasty like the Patriots. There might be. Like, mm-hmm. it could happen. The league's going to be around for a really long time. It happened once. It could happen again. And you're right. I probably shouldn't say – I. There's no way Bill Belichick gets fired and firing resignation, mutual parting of ways, however you want to package it. I'm sure they would would try to do that. Um, and I do. I, I floated this idea to Paul Perillo, my mm-hmm. buddy from Patriots Unfiltered, who sat down for the weekly beat writer chat that you can listen to on the Six Rings and Football Things feed in our annual, I mean, our weekly discussions. But the one way for Bill to sort of save face right now not that he needs to because his legacy's fine. He's always going to have six Super Bowl rings. Like people will remember the good times, not the bad ending in a year, in six months, whatever it is. Right. But the one way that he can win the ending, in my opinion, other than obviously turning the team around and suddenly they go on a seven game winning streak, right. um, which I've kind of ruled out. Um, is, <laughs> yeah, that's over. Does he step to a podium and say, I've done one thing in New England for. 24 years and that's what's in the best interest of the football team i'm not going to stop now the best interest of this football team is me stepping aside clearly my message has been lost my guidance is no longer successful i have to step away because that's in the best interest of the football yeah. team. I think there'd be some some closure there that'd be like wow that's i i can't believe he did that that's awesome right yeah and exactly yes will that happen am i just being you know a fantasy writer for sports i i don't know but i yeah, does like his his ego get in the way of that? I don't know, but like, does he is he a realist? Does he analyze and be like, my ego be damned? Like we're getting right. killed, and I'm looking yeah. worse by the day. I need to save this. I need to pull the string on the parachute, and that's the only parachute I have. That's the only option I have. So people would look at him in the end, like you said, the legacy, the whatever you want to call it, the Bill Belichick aura wouldn't. It's not going to change, however this ends. But you're right. People would then look back on the end and say, oh wow, he like. He did something good in in a in a place that was so bad at one time. Yeah. And he did it with Richard Seymour and Logan Mankins. He did it with Tom Brady. And in the end, he did it with himself. He made the decision that had to be made that shocked people, that was hard to envision, but he did it. So we'll see. I don't necessarily want to be right or wrong because I'm not necessarily rooting for anything to play out in this whole scenario. I just think we have to kind of sit back and whatever the opposite of enjoy the ride is, like just take, just the take ride. it in. Grab yeah. your bums or whatever, hold on to yeah. your and, and just go with it. Okay. So you had to guess, let's quickly, before we get into the clashes, right now, sitting here, 8.55, Thursday, October 12th. Yeah. Does Bill Belichick finish the season as the head coach of the Patriots? Yes. Yes. Okay. Does he make it to next season? No. Oh, he's not going to be here next year. Right. I don't think so. Yeah, no. And okay. so, yeah, no, I think he finishes the season. I think you start to turn things around and they probably end up a little bit better. I mean, hopefully not too much better because I think a lot of Patriots fans are now rooting for a high draft pick and the opportunity right. to turn things around in the offseason. But I think we are just simply due 
for a positive stretch, like whether it's the Raiders or whatever, probably an upset win will happen somewhere along the line. And I just, you said it, I didn't envision them going, what are they, 34 drives without a touchdown now? Yeah. Like, I don't envision that with Bill O'Brien and, and company, but um, I just, it, I don't know. I'm torn. I've lived success for too long. I've only covered a certain type of team for so long right. that this is tough to really look at and analyze. But yes, I think he makes it through the season. Although you mentioned Robert Kraft, who obviously makes the decision with Jonathan. Right. I also, beyond the winning, the losing, the ugly play, I roll in the fan experience, the empty seats, the people leaving early, the yeah. the narrative on broadcasts. I think those resonate with the crafts business-wise. And can they look at it and like, we can't afford to lose all the goodwill we've built up over 20 years. We need to pull the plug now and try to yeah. go in a positive direction. Maybe, but no, if you made me bet, is he the coach when the season ends? Yes, he's the coach when the season ends. Um, if you made me bet a second option, it would be he resigns. There's some sort of mutual yeah. party ways. And then my least likely scenario is he's flat out. Patriots have have removed Bill Belichick, fired, yeah. whatever. Like, I can't see that head. He has been that. dragged out of the facility by his hair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> his key card no longer works and they right. won't let him in. I, I, can't, yeah. I can't see that. So, mm -hmm. okay. So Mac Jones is still the quarterback for now. Bill Belichick is still the head coach for now, and they're heading to Las Vegas to take on the two and three Las Vegas Raiders, coached yep. by Josh McDaniels, quarterbacked by Jimmy Garoppolo, catching passes, Jacoby Myers. There's scouts, there's coaches, there's players that are part of the Patriot Way West. Patriot which West, yep. Not sure it's working any all that much better than Patriot Way East at this point in the 2023 right. season. Uh, mirror images, Bill Belichick talked about how they have five elite players on their team. That starts with Devontae Adams, Hall of Fame receiver, who is producing. Max Crosby is producing. I don't really care about the kicker, but you can go to Josh Jacobs, who is not producing, who's part of the Spider-Man meme here. Their great running back catches the ball, but can't run it to the tune of less than three yards of carry. Your great running back catches yep. the ball, but can't run it to the tune of less than three yards of carry. So we get into Cadillac's crucial clashes. Where do we start this week? Uh, next to that big eyeball and sphere thing in the desert that looks really cool. Yeah, it's gonna. That thing's pretty weird, huh? It's kind of cool, but it's kind of. I, I need to see it. It's on yeah, my like modern eight wonders of the world list or yeah. something. And I usually don't fall for. I don't like Vegas. It's too fake for me. But that makes me want to go to Vegas for a day. So you don't like, like the if you're watching the show, you don't like the uh, you don't like the background I put up on the on no, the six. I think thing. it looks cool, but <laughs> yeah, I went there once and I just. There's too many people. It's too fake. It's too, yeah. I don't know. But that 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 sphere thing looks ridiculous. Yeah, I need to see cool. that someday. Yeah. Anyway, uh, clash number one, matchup number one. Um, you mentioned it. It's uh, the way I wrote it on the website. If you want to check it out, wei.com. Three cru crucial clashes for week six. Uh, I called them the Triple J's and Devante versus the Belichick defense. So Jimmy, Josh, Jacoby. Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Jacobs, Jacoby Myers, and Devontae Adams uh, versus this defense. Um, this offense, this Raiders offense, uh, prior to last week's win, was one of the worst in football with the Patriots uh, and the Saints, who just put up 27 and then a pick six. Um, but we talked about that. Let's do the Raiders. Um, the offense hasn't been good, but they do have these, you know, High-end, talented players like I just mentioned. Uh, you have Devontae Adams, you have Josh Jacobs, you have Jacoby Myers, and you have Jimmy Garoppolo, who, when surrounded with a good coach and the right pieces, can be pretty good. It hasn't clicked, but that's going to be your challenge. Um, I thought it was interesting that when, and I, I, I know Jacoby Myers is not 
Devontae Adams, and I know he isn't on the level of wide receivers as Josh Jacobs is running backs, but I thought it was interesting in Belichick's you know monologue that he does every Wednesday. He did not mention Jacoby Myers. Uh, he called about their, you know, their five top players. And then he said that there's also complimentary pieces and he failed to mention Jacoby Myers. Thought that was very telling. I thought that was very interesting. He was obviously, obviously pressed on that later on. Um, but no, anyway, you're going to have to stop these guys. Adams, he called a, you know, a hall of fame wide receiver. He was an all pro last year. Josh Jacobs was an all pro last year. Um, Jacoby is outperforming Juju Smith-Schuster. And like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, knows how to get guys the football in space to make plays. So that's going to be a challenge, especially when your defense has not performed well either. Um, I didn't, you know, everybody's focusing on the Patriots offense right now, and rightfully so. They're a disaster. But the defense last week, like I said, let up 27 points to the New Orleans Saints, who were one of the worst offenses in football. So without Christian Gonzalez, without Matthew Judon, they need to get their uh, proverbial crap together, figure this thing out. And I guess in theory, this would be the way to do it against an offense that hasn't been great, but it's not just going to be a cakewalk because you have these three guys that you have to kind of uh, figure out and match up on. So that's clash. Number one is taking yeah, out they, these high end players. They are not a good offense despite their talent. Right. Um, right. Certainly Devonte Adams is still really good um, putting up numbers. Jacoby Myers is putting up numbers. The real difference for them is the Josh Jacobs can't run the ball after the yeah. little holdout thing. Um, you don't want to be the get right game for him. And suddenly he's at 130 yards rushing or something like that. But I also look at the back end where um, because of the way last week's game, I guess, unfolded, we kind of skated past your first game without Judon, without Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. This is certainly a game where I think that could have been a difference maker. Those two guys, if you put Gonzalez on Devontae Adams and you get pressure from Judon, which you can get on Jimmy Garoppolo and that right. offensive line. But you don't have those guys. You do have Jonathan Jones out there. And another guy that I'm interested, just getting your angles, we talk about matchups with depth of passing games. So Mike Reese uh, posted the snap counts from mm. the Saints game. And the person who replied to it that interested me most was somebody by the name of at Green Goblin, who you may know him better as. Jalen Mills, defensive yep. back here, New England Patriots, replied 10 snaps, uh, little emoji with dripping forehead sweat, tear. I don't know what that is. Sad, whatever. Damn. What did you make of uh, Jalen Mills? Because I've been stunned by how little a role he has. Like Adrian yeah. Phillips has a small role, but I think we talked about that. You had him as a potential cut. We talked right. about that all. And you're getting good play from Peppers and Duggar and okay, how is Jalen Mills not a part of the defensive plan to the tune of more than 10 snaps? Like, and, you know, I, I hate to not have an answer, but the answer is, like, I don't know. Because it's not like he's been out there a lot and been bad and then been benched. Right. They just haven't put him out there. And I find that all. player. It, it's yeah. nuts. Right. And he's been pretty good here, whether it's at corner and he's played safety before and his best season as an NFL player was at safety with Philly. And so I don't get it. Um, the answer, like I said, is I don't know because they haven't really given him the opportunity. Um, this just goes into this whole slow and now rather quick unraveling of this team. Like every time we've spoken with Jalen Mills in the locker room, he's been stand up, talk, do what's best for the team. I like it here. Gonzalez is my guy. This is my team, blah, blah, blah. Like all the, you know, the company right. line, towing the company line. He's been great. And now all of a sudden he's just subtweeting. Like 
and he like again he'll talk to us in the locker room so i'm kind of curious to hear what he has to say about this tweet because we'll ask him about it today or tomorrow whenever we see him so um yeah I, i i think he's upset with his role and i don't really blame him because um again on an offense that is now losing out on cornerbacks like i think as much as Jalen Mills has said, and he tweeted about it this offseason, I'm a safety. I like to play safety. I think he would rather play cornerback, play cornerback, than not play safety. And that's what he's doing right now. And so I, I think they should give him a role as a, as a cornerback here because, again, they're they're down Christian Gonzalez. And, yeah, Jonathan Jones is back. But Jack Jones has still not been there. So, I mean, give him a shot. I, I, think, he's, I think he's worthy of it. I think he's deserving of it. Yeah, I I thought coming into the year with the loss of Devin McCourty to retirement and House of Cards at corner, which right. has been a House of Cards, that somewhere, somehow, some way, when you're putting five and six defensive backs on the field, Jalen Mills is one of your five defensive backs. And yet, 100%. Miles Bryant is ahead of him. Sean Wade is ahead of him. Miraculously, hell, Amir Speed got on the field a little bit. I just, right. I, I I'm with him. I don't get it. And I do think... He's a he seems like a good soldier and he's trying his best to right. be a good soldier. And I know he was cut. There was that weird transaction in the offseason where he was let yeah. go and then brought back. I just I'm with him. I'm surprised. I don't you know, emoji I would use would probably be like this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why this is happening. Um, but okay, so Jalen Mills, uh Patriots secondary, Josh, um, excuse me, Gerard Mayo, Josh McDaniels, the matchup. Yeah, that is certainly. Um, a big part of this, there's knowledge in both directions, obviously, with the coaching staff crossovers. So, and it's going to be huge because, um, like this offense, the Patriots' offense has not clicked, is not clicking. So, if they can somehow muster up 17, 20 points, then it's going to be on the defense to shut down this offense that yep. hasn't been good. So, yep. you, you got to try and make that happen. Okay. So, Cadillac's crucial clash is number two Patriots Raiders Sunday afternoon in Vegas. Yeah, this is the one that uh, we talked about it yesterday in Foxborough. I'm laughing because it's a uh, it's a battle of not good, um, but it's going to be in the game. Yeah, uh, it's the Patriots pass catchers against man coverage, with the Raiders secondary in man coverage. Um, the Patriots, and I'll read you some numbers. The page, and this is uh, I want to give a shout out to Evan Lazar from Patriots.com. Okay. Um, my friend from Patriots.com. He is. Uh, we, we we all have friends over at Patriots.com, don't we? Eddie? Yeah. Um, he sort of outlined this on Twitter the other day, um, and it's the Patriots offense versus man coverage and the Raiders defense. So the Patriots versus man, they are 31st in yards per attempt at 3.8. Their passer rating against man coverage, like the Patriots offensive passer rating against man coverage is 49.6. That is 32nd in the NFL. There's only 32 teams. That's bad. Yeah. Their EPA per attempt is negative 0.66, 32nd in the NFL. The Raiders, flipping it on the other side, the Raiders, when defending man coverage, yards per attempt, 9.3. That ranks 32nd in the NFL. Passer rating, 114.5. And EPA per attempt is plus .34. So that's 31st in the NFL as far as defense goes. So the Patriots stink at getting open, and the Raiders stink at covering people. So who's going to win it? That's going to be a big thing again on this offense because I just mentioned in the in the past matchup that this offense needs to get their you know their crap together and score some points here again whether it's whether it's 17 20 points like you haven't scored more than three points so you just need to get on the board um, and I'm curious to see again with Demario Douglas who has been one of the best uh, 
wide receivers against man coverage in the NFL. He's going to be out. Juju, supposed to be your man beater. He's been the exact opposite of that. And I, a funny quote from Jones and Mega, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter yesterday, Arkan, when they had Dan Orlovsky. Uh, I just called you Arkan. That's hurtful. I'm losing my mind. I'm talking about Jones and Mega. Uh, Dan Orlovsky was on there, and they were asking him about Mac Jones being benched, and he basically said, Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham coming in the game aren't going to help Juju Smith-Schuster beat man coverage. Like, that's just not – it's it, – Mac's been bad. We get it. But uh, that being said, the offense or the the wide receivers against these, these DBs, it's going to be interesting to see if they get open and sort of what happens here. Okay, so I am going to make you speak for the optimistic beat writers of the summer. Okay. So you, you're looking for matchups in this yep. game where my guy can beat your guy. Very simple. My guy, your guy, who's going to win? I was told by you and your people yes, that Last Mike Kosicki was like a unicorn. He was a matchup. He was a Swiss Army knife. He was a this. He was a that. Yes. Shouldn't I expect Mike Kosicki to win some matchups in this game? You should, um, and you yeah. should have been going back to the summer. And uh, you know, I've uh, I was on with with uh, Keith on Friday night, and over the summer when I did my my hits and shows on the Rich Keith show, um, we would talk about the receivers, and I was I was gung ho on Juju Smith Schuster being here over Jacoby Myers, and boy, I am eating uh, eating my words on that one this week for sure. And so, yeah, I was on uh, Gesicki as well. I was high on that acquisition. Um, I thought that he, like you said, could be. Swiss Army knife matchup beater, you know, go up and get a type of guy, stem somebody up, stem up a a uh, inferior safety and get open for a quick five yard hitter and then make it out of more. He has not done that, so yeah, in theory, you should now be able to use him in this matchup and bring him in and go up against a you know Trayvon Morig or you know if they get him on a corner and Nate Hobbs or something like that and you know beat one of those guys for like you said, not a we don't need Gasicki to go you know. 60 yards for a touchdown like uh no. like his counterpart Farrell Brown. Brown does. No. Yeah. He's no Farrell Brown, but right. can we get a first down? Get a 10-yard completion and make it three or four more yards. Like that's this kind of stuff that you're looking to see. And hopefully they think they can beat and use against this, you know, poor man defense. So yes, in theory, that's what we should look for in this game. By the way, if I weren't so comfortable in my own skin, I would take this opportunity to say I thought Juju sucked and I thought Mike Kosicki was the most overrated player on yes. the team this summer, but I won't do that. Yeah, no, you, yeah, you're not like here that. now. Um, yeah, I, I think this is interesting. I, I got to tell you the matchup that popped into my head as you were describing this matchup of 32 versus 32 crap versus crap was yeah. Patriots fans, the matchup in their head. Do I stay on this game or go to red zone and just watch actual talent? Yeah, play? right. Seriously, um, But I'm not going to say that you're watching this game. You're looking at matchups. Right. And sooner or later, somebody's going to start making plays. I don't think they'll be great, but some offensive guy, even the Hunter Henry, I, I've fixated on from last week, that first third down that was there and Mac missed yeah. the throw. I think you're due to hit one of those. They're capable. Mac can make that throw. Hunter can make that catch. So if they do it and get a little boost and a little jump start and Billy O finds a way to scheme up two or three of those early, maybe so you don't go three and out and punt. Butterfly effect. You're again an inferior foe, or at least a same level foe, not right. somebody you're you're punching up against. So I'm trying to stay optimistic with that. But the bottom line is the talent stinks. They don't have anybody that if I'm Mac, I feel good about. Like he certainly won't fixate on receivers because there's nobody worthy of fixating on. There's nobody right. like I'm going to this guy because I know he's going to get. Up. No, yeah. like head on a swivel at all times and hope somebody pops. And that's where I think 
he's playing the position like he's in high school where he's waiting for somebody to get open rather than trusting I'm going to throw to a spot because my guy's going to be he's going to get open. Yeah. yeah. Like the 50-50 balls aren't to Devontae Parker. Those suck. Like, and I think that is, I mean, we fix it. We can debate line stinks, weapons stink. Like, yeah, they all kind of stink right now. So who's going to step up and not stink for at least a week? There was, uh, t- uh, speaking right on that point is like um, in the anticipation and the, the that's the type of quarterback Mac Jones is, is right. he's smart or he has been smart in the past. He knows what's going to happen, and he's able to anticipate that. Okay, my guy is going to get open, and I'm going to, you know, put it in in the right position. I uh, when I saw a rumor that Jerry Judy was potentially being traded out of Denver, I pulled up like a Twitter clip of uh, a like 60 yard bomb from Mac to Judy at Alabama, and you watch that play, and Mac drops back, five step drop, hitch, boom, and throws it. Before Judy's in, even in like right. his second double move, because he just knows, oh, that's Jerry Judy against this Mississippi State defender or whoever it is. He's going to be in this spot and he's going to beat him for a touchdown. That is non-existent in this Patriots offense right now. So, yep. and, and it it's fairly non-existent from a Mac perspective because I wouldn't have trust either. I wouldn't. Right, right, right. Confident. And and I'm scuffling enough. I if I throw to a spot and the guy's not at the spot, it's another pick and it's another Mac Jones blows kind of throw right. and everybody's ripping me and I'm better off thrown into the dirt. So whatever. Okay. Cadillac's crucial clash. Number three. I think I might have an idea where this one's going because if not, I have one I need to bring up, but let's go. Number three on your list. Uh, the number one game wrecker in this matchup is Max Crosby defensive end for the Raiders. Did I get it right? Mr. Hart. You did. You did. I did. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Max Crosby, defensive end for the Raiders. Uh, if you don't know him, look him up. He's a beast. He's a savage. Like I said, he's a game wrecker. He can, uh, yeah, I think he leads the league in tackles for loss or he's second or something like that. Um, he's up there in sacks. Uh, you have to game plan for him at all costs. He is, um, I would say this season, second to Micah Parsons as far as talent along the defensive line that you have to um, scheme up and match up for um, that the Patriots have seen this season. The Patriots offensive line is not good. Uh, they're very, very, very bad. And that's not a shot. It's a, it's a fact. The um, truth is never mean. Exactly. And Belichick tried to say yesterday, Andrew Callahan asked him about Mac being the most pressured quarterback in the NFL. And Bill goes, well, I don't really know about that stat. Like, okay, well he is the most pressured quarterback in the NFL. And, uh, it's not good. I, I spoke about it on the numbers podcast the other day. There was a play. Um, Mac had 1.36 seconds um, in the pocket, and Vidarian Lowe and Trent Brown were completely beat off the line by Cam Jordan and the other uh, New Orleans defensive end who I can't think of. But uh, they need to be better, obviously. This week, um, Riley Reef was back last week, played some guard. Mike Onwenu goes out. He comes back to practice yesterday. Um, I don't know because we're not allowed to watch practice anymore. We just watch stretch. So I don't know exactly how they're going to come out, um, come out of this thing. But in theory, the Patriots have a healthy offensive line that they can come out and finally put out their quote unquote top five that they had in camp with, if they want to run it this way, Brown, Strange, Andrews, um, Unwenu and Reef. They can do that if they want to. It is also the sixth week of the NFL season, and this would be their fifth offensive line combination. So a part of that is, we've talked about it every single week on this show, reps, communication, um, uh, comfortability with the guy next to you. Uh, when we you know double this guy and move up to the, the second level and chip and all that, you know, 
all the things you do on the offensive line to try and match up against these guys, that's going to, um, they're still going to have to find that because again, it's now week six and they're trotting out an, uh, another combination. Um, on top of that, now you have to worry about, like I said, Max Crosby, who they had a little bit of a plan for him last year. Like they had Cole Strange just like mucking him up basically every play. Um, but it's going to be tough and it's Max Crosby and you have to, Zeke said it too. You have to worry about that guy first before everybody else. Absolutely. Um, I think the comparison to Parsons is interesting because I believe these are guys that have elite talent. I think Parsons is probably more elite, but elite talent combined with elite motors. And that's where you get in trouble because some pass rushers, I feel like if they don't beat you with their first move or get off the snap, they kind of like, all right, I'll get you next play. Probably the Randy Moss of, of pass rushers. Max Crosby is going to go till the whistle, literally like a high school kid who's trying to stay on the field and keep his job. And that's what makes him dangerous. And I think what also makes him dangerous, I'm this big believer and I do it myself, whether it's in coverage or pass protection, people are like, well, just double him. I'm a big believer that if you double a guy with inferior talent or talent that isn't um, consistently playing together on the same page, you can actually make things worse. And I would use an example last week. I think There was one snap where David Andrews looked like he gave up a pressure in his left side A gap. And I think what he was doing was expecting quicker help from, I think it was, I think it was Moffy at the time, but, and, and was sort of overplaying his right A gap because I have help on the left. Well, Moffy was a step late and Andrews kind of let the guy have that leverage and the guy got right through. And so when you double a guy, if the two guys doubling aren't cohesive, sometimes right. it actually makes it worse. Or you'll see it sometimes with a, a tackle and a back or a tight end chips. And it's like the tackle didn't know the back was chipping. And when he chips, he actually bumps him into a rush lane as yep. opposed to stopping him. So on paper, I say throw multiple guys at Max Crosby. But then on the field, I say, and also I need you guys to be good when you're doubling Max Crosby. Right, um, right. And I don't. I don't know that I have the faith in that necessarily right now with, as you said. And that's where the chemistry and the continuity comes in as far as David Andrews has talked about it. Like they kind of avoided talking about it in the summer. I think they've been a little more open seeking continuity and the same guys getting practice reps during the season. And I also don't know if Riley Reef's any good anymore. He's an old journeyman essentially at this point in his career, not a matchup. I love if he's out there with Max Crosby one-on-one. Well, so that's the thing that, and I don't know why they won't just do it. And I don't know what holds them back is like Riley Reef last week played guard at both spots. He was at the left and he was at the right. And he played pretty well for what he had to go in and do. Coming off of IR, subbing in at both sides. Put Riley Reef at guard and put Mike Onwenu at tackle. Mike Onwenu is a good tackle. He's a great guard, but he's a good tackle. And that's what you need is good right now because everything's bad. Like, just do it. And I don't know what's going to hold them back, but I think that that's their best best recipe on the offensive line. Ooh, maybe that's the uh, starting over. Maybe that's one of the things. Mike Onwenu, when he was a rookie, was a right tackle. So if he starts over and goes back to his rookie position, we've started over as an offensive line. We've started over as an offense, and we're going – Full speed ahead. Another like Patriots it. first down. Yep. Um, so Playoffs. Up, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa <laughs> Starting now. over. Mac Jones, uh, okay. rookie year. But you don't Playoffs. actually get to start over, though. You're one and four. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, so those are Cadillac's crucial clashes for week six. Patriots, Raiders in Las Vegas. Before we wrap up this six rings and football things, we will get 
Mike Cadlick's crucial prediction of the week as the Patriots Spider-Man meme it with the Raiders. Lots of similarities between these teams on both sides of the ball and on the coaching staff and in the scouting department and all of that. Patriot Way East, Patriot Way West, beautiful stadium. Mark Davis calling somebody an a-hole from his owner's box at some point. What is your expectation and prediction, Mike Cadlick? My expectations aren't high. This team isn't good. Like they're not good. I know we're just not good either. I know, but neither are the Saints. That's yeah, true. <laughs> like that's the thing. Is like until I see it again, I can't back this team. I just can't. It's wow. it's. I know, and I'm Mister Optimist, and I called this team eleven and six, and I said they could fight for the playoffs. I, I did. did you, you just meant one. You you had the one right, but it was, yeah, you did. It was like a, an optical illusion. It yeah, I, I messed up. I was right on track. I was seeing double, and so now yeah. I'm one and six, yeah. and I was right the whole time. Uh, yeah, I don't see it. Um, I think, like, if I want to give a, a a score prediction, and as far as you know, a gambling uh, gambling perspective of it, like with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, make every moment more. I would go under the forty one and a half. I think. The Raiders win, and I think the Raiders win like seventeen to three, or seventeen to six. Like I, I, they don't score a touchdown again. No, I. What tells you that they can? Like, there's nothing. There's no evidence that tells you that they can go and score a touchdown. So until I see it, I can't back it. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to give my prediction. I'm just okay. going to send people over to the Six Rings and Football yes. Things preview with Fitzy and Hart and Paul Perillo. Um, you know, I think. The common thought this week is probably going to be similar to last week. Take the under, could be a rock fight. You know, somebody's teen number beats somebody's single digit or teen number in this game. Um, but I will just say I'm a little more optimistic than you, and maybe I'm just an idiot and no. you know haven't lived these losing streaks uh, ever in my yeah. tenure covering the New England Patriots. Um, but I also, as I said to you, sometimes law of averages just plays out, and Patriots are not a good team. I didn't expect them to be a good team. But they're not as bad as they played the last two weeks, and they're playing a team that I don't think is a good team and is coming off a win. So when you put that all in like your blender, yeah, maybe yeah. you steal one, but I'll force you to go over to Six Rings and Football Things, the game preview pod with Fitzy and Hart. He is Mike Cadlick from WEEI.com. He is your man each and every week on the website and here on the podcast to bring you the crucial clashes. Yeah. For a one and four team, so they may not be quite that crucial no. unless you are battling it out for the top five pick that many fans are now rooting for. Thanks for listening. Rate, subscribe, review, download the Odyssey app, and we'll be back next week. Fingers crossed, maybe talking maybe about a win because Belichick needs it, Mac needs it, and hell, six rings and football things needs it. So stay positive, enjoy the game, and worst case scenario, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll show some cool clips of that new spear thing in Las Vegas. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> yeah.